0: The Mississippi River flows strong and beautifully, brushing against the banks of Vicksburg, Mississippi. A symbol that draws people to it almost every year, its waters hold thousands and thousands of secrets. Some people speculate those secrets might be the key to solving one of the most famous cases in Mississippi history. Hey, have you heard about Jacqueline Levitz? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hey, Have You Heard About? Happy New Year. It's officially 2020. Isn't that a crazy number? Um, as always, I'm your host, Maddie, and joining me today is my friend, Lawson.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Hello. Lawson is actually um, a host for Rebel Reels, where it's like a radio show where he, um, Gregor, who was on last year, and Keaton, who maybe will be on at some point this year. Um, They get together and talk about movies and all that sort of stuff. And it's really cool. It's really cool. You should definitely check it out. Where can they find it?
1: They can find it on... Well, so if they're in the Oxford metro area, 662 area code or whatever, it's Mm -hmm. 92.1 FM. Also, MyRebelRadio.com and the Radio FX app. There you go. Perfect. Um, Thursdays at 3 was this past semester. It changes every semester, so we'll keep y'all in touch.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll definitely update y'all about that um so we have merch as you all know we've got merch i actually have a brand new merch on right now our shirt that came from our last episode it says don't dine with sneaky people it's really cool Uh, definitely check that out all proceeds from the store go straight to the national center for missing and exploited children Mm. we also have patreon Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support go ahead and go to patreon.com slash hey have you heard about You know, any uh, donation is great. I think as low as $1 can get you access to episodes a day early, which is super, super cool. Also, we have sponsors this episode, and I want to give a big shout-out to Podcorn and Best Fiends for sponsoring this episode. That is super cool, and you'll hear more about them later. Okay enough about money and all that stuff (laughs) uh if you're new here basically what i do is i take a true crime case a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory and i tell it to somebody who has hopefully never heard of it before Mm. and so that's why we have lawson here with us today um normally when it's the 15th and like the 10th or 20th in this next case when it's a five number episode Uh, I like to do either ghost story or conspiracy theory, but this episode is leaning more, or it's more of a follow-up to what we talked about last month, which was Sante and Kenny Kimes. So if you haven't heard that episode, I recommend checking it out. It provides background for the case we're about to talk about today. Mm. So anyway, now we like to start out here at Hey, Have You Heard About? We like to start out with some good news. So, this was really sweet. I found this this morning. All right. Um, the article is titled, Man Who Once Spent Winter Without Heating Pays Past Due Utility Bills for 36 Families at Risk of Losing Power. Aww. So, we all know, as adults, uh, we all know how much utility bills can cost. And we mm. all know that it's important that you pay for them. Mm-hmm. Especially during the wintertime when it gets super cold and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Mm. Well, this man, he's from Florida. His name is Michael Esmond. Mm. Um, He is a veteran. He decided to give back to his community uh, because of some past struggles that he had. So when he got his utility bill... Uh, this past December, he thought back to the 1980s when, according to him, it was the coldest winter in Florida history, Mm. and he wasn't able to pay his utility bill. So he spent that entire winter without any heating in his house, Mm. which is crazy. That's
1: that's hard. Mm -hmm.
0: And according to the article, it says that it got down to single digits that Mm. winter, which... For Florida, I think
1: is kind of crazy. That's intense. It's very, very I, I wouldn't like that here either. <laughs> I know.
0: It'd be awful. Yeah. Um, so Michael decided this winter that he wanted to give back. Uh, the article says, thankfully, he's not cash strapped as he once was. He now owns a small business mm. called uh, Gulf Breeze Pools and Spas in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Okay. So he contacted his uh, utilities company and he was like, So can you how much would it cost to give thirty-six families who can't pay their bills like enough so they can have mm. warmth this winter? Yeah. And the company said, well, you know, it would cost around, you know, four thousand six hundred dollars. And that's exactly what he did. He donated all that money to make sure that families had warmth and comfort you know during the holiday season
1: why 36 does it say
0: um that's the number of at-risk families that the company gave so there were 36 yeah okay cool but i just thought it was really cool that michael did that yeah and he said it was to like give back to his community like i said and also like inspire small business owners too sort of do the same thing like yeah. help at-risk people yeah out. help
1: yeah help people out
0: so that article if you want to give it a read is going to be in the show notes it's really sweet um i love when people do that kind of stuff it's just really really nice especially during this time of year when new Absolutely. things begin and all that sort of stuff yeah okay so that's enough good news okay cool um we're now moving on to the actual meat of the story so Lawson. Yes. You and I grew up in Mississippi. We did. We still currently live in Mississippi. This is facts. These are facts. Uh-huh. For those of you out there who don't know, Mississippi is not that really reported on when it comes to, like, national news and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, no one really pays attention to Mississippi
1: very much. In yes, well, unless we've done something just horrible. Exactly. Uh, I mean, That's true. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. Usually <laughs> to deal with race or something like that. Yeah, something
0: like yeah. that. Um. Well, in this case, Mississippi was a huge deal when this case was happening okay. because it happened in Vicksburg, which is not that far away from here. No, I, it's I've got like,
1: a friend doing an engineering co-op at Vicksburg. Yeah, right there you now. go. Yeah. I have mm-hmm.
0: uh, family that live in
1: Vicksburg. Ah, okay. You know, so well, it's yeah.
0: Vicksburg is very near and dear to a lot of Mississippians' hearts because we all have right on the river. somebody there. Yeah, you know. So this took place in Vicksburg, and it's a case that made national news. Okay. Some people say that it's one of the most uh, famous true crime cases of Mississippi history. So I'm very excited to talk about it today. So Lawson. Yes. Have you heard about Jacqueline Levitz?
1: You know, sometimes I'm not good with names, but (laughs) it doesn't really sound very familiar. Okay. So I'm going to say a safe no. Okay. Safe no. Sounds (laughs) good.
0: Well, for this case, or for this episode, we're going to call her Jackie. Because Jackie. that's the name that she preferred to go by.
1: Okay.
0: So Jackie was born February 11th <gasps> in 1933. That's my birthday. Really? February 11th. Okay, okay yeah, this is this weird. This meant
1: to be. Also, I'm petting a black cat, everyone, so like, we're <laughs> about to get spooky. Okay, again.
0: this is really weird because the further I looked into this case, the more connections to it personally that I found, date-wise, okay. Okay. date-wise. Cool. So, like, something happens in on an April 18th and my sister was born on April 18th oh, okay. the actual case why we're talking about it today happened uh-huh. happened on November 18th
1: which was okay. the day my parents got married oh wow isn't and that weird I guest and I was born on her birthday isn't that All so right. weird okay just not well let's like 63 years later or something yeah, yeah something well, like that yeah. math wow
0: But anyway, so yeah, she was born February 11th, 1933, in Oak Grove, Louisiana. Okay. She, growing up, was described as a socialite, beautiful, charming, tough, and
1: fearless. So okay. she
0: was a true Southern
1: belle. 1940s. And there you, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool.
0: Um, so she had eight siblings and mm. also came from a family of cotton farmers. So mm. growing up in the South, especially during the Great Depression and like wars and yeah. all that sort of stuff, obviously she wasn't that well off, mm. um, especially coming from a family of cotton farmers. But yeah. she did end up graduating from high school. That
1: is a plus. Uh-huh. Yeah
0: and she moved to beaumont texas with her sister pat
1: but now you know what beaumont (laughs) madeline and i were in a show in which she was a a singer right from beaumont texas during the vietnam war so we've that wow this Uh is this is great it's It's so weird i love
0: it this case has baffled me the whole time lovely um so, in Beaumont, she worked as a secretary and also attended business school, which at the time was kind of crazy for a woman to be doing that. Okay. You know, it's like, yeah, what are you doing? But she actually ended up graduating, and good for her. That happened. She graduated business school. Great. But also, she was considered so beautiful that she entered a lot of beauty pageants at the time. Um, people considered her... Or people said that she could have been Dolly Parton's body double.
1: So she's like. So I'm getting an image. Yeah. mm -hmm, Yeah. She's
0: very, you know, true Southern
1: Mm -hmm. style. Yeah.
0: I want you to understand all this as we're moving forward. In Texas, Jackie actually ended up marrying her first husband, who was 14 years her senior. Okay. So this is going to be kind of a trend where she marries older Older. men. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say anything bad about her it's just sure, the sure. facts
1: well and I've heard worse than 14 before, yeah, so. true, yeah true true.
0: Um, so after they married I know this is kind of going quick but there honestly like is not a lot about Jackie's background online I got all of this from a podcast I listened to which is going to be in the description or okay. show notes or whatever cool. but there's not a lot about her life before what happened to her alright a little teaser, uh-huh. um, but so after they got married, they moved to Virginia, where they uh, she had their only son named Walter, Walter. in 1959. So they ended, actually ended up getting divorced uh, in 1963.
1: Okay, so that Walter would have been five or so. Yeah, something
0: yeah. like that. It's because uh, her husband drank very heavily, mm-hmm. and so that was like. Mm, Not the best situation, so yeah, yeah. exactly. So Jackie ended up getting full custody of her son, which is good. Good. So he's along for the ride for the rest of this story. Um, in 1964, a little less than a year later, she met and married her second husband. Okay, but he died five years later at the age of 46. Okay, Okay. so gone through two husbands now. Mm -hmm. Um, after he passed away. She decided we need a change. We need a change. We need a change. And this is sort of a theme in Jackie's life where she decides that she needs a change of location. And okay. in this case, she decided she needed to move to D.C., where she became a real estate uh, star. Okay. She became the real estate star of D.C. She was known for being an interior, design, uh, an interior designer queen. Okay. Like Everyone wanted her. D.C.? Okay, yes. Cool. So she um constantly bought and flipped homes. Okay. And because of that, she got a small fortune. Um, she became a multimillionaire with about four million dollars to her name. Yeah. Oh. So poor farmer's daughter became a multimillion do- uh multimillionaire.
1: But first she was a model.
0: First she was a model. And
1: now she's a design a house I mean a, a interior, designer. interior designer yeah yes okay cool. so
0: Jackie I think is really admirable because she like you know is making it happen in her life absolutely she is happy to make it happen and she's doing her best especially as a woman in this time period that was kind of considered wild absolutely. you know yep. so it was at this point where she relocated to Palm Beach Florida okay because uh, because and this is a quote uh, she told her sisters Palm Beach was hot as a firecracker when okay. it came to real
1: estate. Okay. So. Okay. Palm Beach. Now, I, now is that in Southern Florida? Is I it, want to think it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm I don't know sure. my Florida enough. I know there's the Panhandle people and the South people, and you know, but I don't.
0: <laughs> Everything in between. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I don't know about the in between. Um, but
0: Basically. yeah, I think I think it's kind of down this out, I want to say okay. people will correct me sure, sure. so we'll find Absolutely. out we'll yeah. find out um but this is when she sort of became like a huge socialite like everyone knew her name okay. in Palm Beach because she went to parties constantly she would mingle with celebrities you know later mm. on her friends would say that they would look at magazines and Jackie would be like oh I know him yeah he's great you mm. know just like really yeah. really popular really well known for her real estate and all that sort of stuff. So she was living her best life. Absolutely. You know? Um, it was at this time where she met Ralph Levitz oh, in 1980 at a party. Me. Okay. So Ralph was actually a former president of the Levitz Furniture Company. Okay. Which at the time was a huge company. Okay. Um, they would provide like cheap but well-made furniture to, you know, the country. And I started thinking about it, and I think I remember hearing the name Levitt's from, like, the store. Because yeah. I feel like I've, I've heard that name before, and I realize it's probably because, you know, growing up, it's no longer around. I think it went bankrupt, like, in the early or late 2000s. Okay. But I remember, like, hearing the name Levitt's, like, on a commercial or something. So I think that's where I... I learned the name okay maybe
1: okay but he I mean yeah yeah. makes sense
0: he was the uh the founder and former president so um to Jackie it was a big deal because she had been using his products for years at this Mm -hmm. point she was a big fan exactly okay so that was actually how she introduced herself she said hey i'm jackie uh not jackie lippett's at the time but she said hey i'm jackie i love your product and he was like oh cool you seem really nice do you want to decorate my mansion Mm -hmm. and she was like yeah sure sounds good um so he invited her over to his multi-million dollar mansion in palm beach florida and was like you know, just decorate it. And she was like, how do you want it decorated? And this... Ralph was really smooth. Okay. He was like, decorate it how you would like it to look. And so he just basically said, if you were going to live here, decorate it the way that you would want it to look. And she was like, okay. And so she did. That and then really shortly after...
1: That's pretty forward, too. I know. I yeah, know.
0: Okay. Um. Shortly after, they... Connected and really, you know, got to know each other on a deeper level and fell in love.
1: Naturally. Of as, course. As does. So so. This, is, this is shaping up to be maybe husband number three? Yes. Okay. Cool.
0: Yes, cool. actually. So April 18th of 1987, they got married. Okay. And at the time, Ralph was 74 and Jackie was 52.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So right. what do we think so far? So she seems to... You know maybe that it's a bit of a bit of a harsh title but possibly gold digger you know yeah, yeah. a lot of
0: people sort of initially thought about her that way but yeah. you also have to keep in mind that she also was a multi-millionaire yes you yes. know yes so you might think like oh gold digger maybe maybe but also she was yep. pretty well off as well yeah um but yeah, I can definitely... That's what I initially thought, but then I was like, oh, well, she's got money. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, they ended up living together in the mansion, you know, that Jackie had actually decorated. Right. So... Uh, they would go to parties constantly and all that sort of stuff. And Jackie became known around town because she always drove a cream-colored Jaguar. She always wore... Ooh, I can picture that now. You can? Oh, that looks great. Yeah. yeah but, uh... <laughs> she always wore uh, fur. I'm so like a Jackie-O
1: thing on her head. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh.
0: um, she would wear fur, and she always um, had the best diamonds. And some of those diamonds even were owned by Marilyn Monroe. Ooh.
1: So okay, she Jackie. is living her best life. So she's wearing furs around in Florida? Yes. Okay, wow. That's just the kind of person. Much, yeah. But yeah okay. Sometimes
0: you got to do it. You, yeah, you know? My yeah. grandmother always said that fashion, you know, it's not fashion if it doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to look good. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. all times. Um, so, unfortunately six weeks into their marriage, Ralph had his first stroke.
1: Oh. And
0: that left him disabled for the rest of his life. Now, he was still able to sort of go out and golf with friends. He was okay. able to do all that kind of stuff, but the partying and like constantly doing things and charity events and all this sort of stuff, it started to slow down for okay. him. But he could still do golf? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. All the always articles, have room for golf. All okay. the articles I read <laughs> made it a point to say that he could still play golf. Okay. That's, His golf is very important right right
1: <laughs> so <laughs> socializing not so much exactly oh,
0: so um that left him disabled and of course jackie being the kind person that she is um ended up like being the one to take care of him like 24 hours a day seven days a week Um, She stayed by his side the entire time. Eventually, they decided the mansion was a bit too big, so they moved into a more modest home in 1991. Okay. So they moved from their $4 million mansion to a modest $2 million Uh, mansion.
1: Well, you know, downsizing Exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
0: right. Um, uh, Unfortunately, a few years later in March of 1995, Ralph passed away. Okay. And he left most everything to Jackie.
1: Okay. So okay.
0: she was still bopping.
1: Did, did he have a past marriage or children he or anything? did, I believe. Okay. And
0: so that partially also went
1: to his children, okay. past marriage. But not really much drama? And, no. Okay. Not very bad. much. That's I mean,
0: bad. there. Were, I read something somewhere where the family said that Jackie had influenced him into giving her more money than she deserved. But I just, that was only one source. And yeah. if I couldn't back it up, then. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a rumor. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so she ended up getting an estimated $15 million Okay. from him. Casual. So, yeah, just casual. You know? So Jackie is, at this point, we can say that she is a millionaire. She's yes. like a famous you know, socialite millionaire and all that sort of stuff. So once Ralph died, a few weeks passed, and of course, the calls started coming in. Calls. From charities, from mm-hmm. people who wanted money wanted from money. her. Mm-hmm. So it was this point in her life where Jackie was
1: like... You can't be nice and be a millionaire. Exactly. So I yeah. guess not. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't know. Um, but at this point, Jackie was like, I'm older now. I don't. I, can't, I think she was around...
1: In her I want
0: to say 60. She was 60s, in her 60s. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, she was like, I'm older now, you know, I don't really have any other family close to me besides Walter, who was still in D.C., I mm. think, at this point. He decided to stay in D.C. Okay. Um, she was like, you know, I I really want to go home and reconnect with my family. And mm. she had, you know, stayed in contact with, like, her sister, Pat, and her sister, her name was Tiki. 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 Marvelous. Um, a few of her brothers, but she was like, I really want to go home and reconnect with my family because... Um, That's people important. started to say that to Jackie, family started to become more important than money, mm. which is true, Ooh. you know? So she was like, let's go do that. So Jackie decided she, well, first she changed her phone number. So the charities would stop calling her. Okay. Um, and she, has new exactly. Um, she decided to make the big move to Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is huge because there's a big difference between Vicksburg Palm and Palm Beach, Beach,
1: right? So I'm sure a lot of people are excited for big old money
0: to mm-hmm. come. Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. Uh, maybe keep that in mind for later. Yeah, but um, for those of you who don't know, how would we describe Vicksburg? To people that don't know Vicksburg.
1: Well, so there's a there's an annual sort of Confederate memorial parade thing because of the Battle of Vicksburg, yeah. which was more or less the turning point of the American Civil War. So yeah. there's a lot of, you know, Confederate heritage, quote unquote. Um, it floods occasionally because it is right on the river. Um, very much, yeah,
0: right on the river. Yeah,
1: it's got very historic, very you know old old town ish, historic mm-hmm. cemeteries and hotels and mm-hmm. yada yada. It's big,
0: but it also has an old town vibe
1: yes. to it. You yeah. know, it's, it's very southern, very yeah. old, very southern, but also you know no like not like hot coffee in Mississippi or something. Mm-hmm. It's not a hole in the wall. No, it's it's established, but it's also you know yeah quaint.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that's kind of where Jackie wanted to live. Somewhere where it was still sort of, you know, big city-ish, but also like... For Mississippi. For Mississippi. Um, Somewhere where she could just connect with people in general and get to know them. So that's what... She did. She moved to Vicksburg. Um, Vicksburg was actually only 20 minutes away from her sister, Tiki Shivers. Tiki. Um, I know. What a name. That is amazing. Isn't that incredible? That is an amazing
1: name. <laughs> Tiki. I'm going to write a poem about Tiki, Tiki Shivers.
0: Um, Tiki Shivers was her sister, and then she was one hour away from the rest of her family. Okay. And they all still lived in Louisiana, so she was the only one in Mississippi. Okay. But because of the Mississippi River, you know, she could just bop on over a bridge and be in... Louisiana, easy. yeah, it's real easy. Um, so she actually ended up buying a home that overlooked the Mississippi River, and it's because she loved watching the boats go by mm-hmm. at night. Um, there's a lot of boats on the river. Obviously, um, I have two uncles that actually work on some of the boats on the river. Wow, and it's it's like a hot, it's a busy river. I can't think of another word. it's busy, so boats are constantly going by, and Jackie absolutely loved to watch them go by her window, her bedroom window in the new house.
1: Okay.
0: So she just loved to watch it. Big barges and Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, So that's the main reason why she decided to buy this new house is because it overlooked overlooked the Mississippi River and all its, you know, muddy glory. Yes. (laughs) So. She actually ended up becoming friends with the original homeowners. Uh, their names were Betty and John Moody. Um, she and Betty really connected, and she's Betty is the woman that I mentioned earlier who they would get together and look at magazines. And Jackie would mm. be like, "I know this person," right, you know. Yes. So that's what Betty loved about Jackie, just because like all the experiences that she had and like all the stories she, she could was tell. Exciting, yeah. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Very different from her original upbringing of like Mm. quiet little Louisiana yeah um so they were so close as friends that Jackie actually ended up telling Betty exactly what she wanted to do for the house so her plan was to enlarge the house give it a few more um like another master bedroom you Know mm. expand it, give it more bedrooms and bathrooms and living rooms and all that stuff, and include a pool in with all these lights and waterfalls and that okay. sort of stuff.
1: So it's just one of her, though. Does she?
0: Well, she said to Betty that her plan was to make it big enough so her entire family could, could come, come celebrate bed. the okay. holidays with her. Cool, because she wanted it done by Christmas.
1: Mm. So
0: she, I think, moved into Vicksburg at around in October of okay. 1995, I would say. I yes. guess things
1: were more efficient back
0: then. Well, Jackie made sure it was more oh, efficient. Oh, that's good. Yes. Um. So when she wanted the side note, she wanted the master bedroom, the new one, so that her son could move in with her again. Um, okay. Move from DC to Vicksburg with her, um, because she really like again wanted that's the family together. a lot together.
1: of a person. DC to Vicksburg. Yes. Yeah. Really, <laughs>
0: especially if you know he grew up with a multi-millionaire mother. Yeah. Which we'll also get into that later. Yes, okay. I promise. Um, so when she moved in, all she had was a new bed, a table and chair that she borrowed from her sister, Okay. her clothes and furs, which she kept locked in her closet,
1: Perfect.
0: Um, a fridge that was mostly empty, but also a liquor cabinet that was always well-stocked good. So, that's literally all she had. Okay. Moving into this house. Um And her money's in a bank somewhere. Somewhere. Okay, yeah. Cool. I mean, she still had access to it. Yes. She was able to get money, but that's pretty much all she had was just a bed, table and chair, a fridge, and a, you know, like a liquor cabinet. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. all she needed and she sort of said like she felt like she was camping. Like it was a new adventure for her. Mm. She was just camping out in Vicksburg, Mississippi in her new house. That's you know?
1: nice. That's yeah, that's cool. Definitely, definitely.
0: Um so she was alone in the home most of the time, but she said that she felt at peace and was very excited about the future. And she said this to like a lot of people around Vicksburg that she was sort of getting to know. She constantly went to like um makeup sales and all that sort of stuff to get well to get to know people and like she constantly met up with neighbors and said like once the house is done i want to throw a big party for the neighborhood and all that sort of so she was constantly talking about the future yeah and like looking forward to it yeah um so as soon as she got to vicksburg within days of her getting to vicksburg she started to interview contractors and like to help build her house and one thing that she said to them was that she was tough and wanted the job done right the first time. Mm. Which, after reading about her and listening to podcasts about her, I can totally see her saying that because yeah. she she seems like a no nonsense, let's get it done type yeah. of person. You know, yeah. sweet but no nonsense. Exactly. Um, so she hired contractors and only and said to them, you know, we're cool, we're good, but you have to only work on my house. You can't work on anybody mm-hmm. else's house. Okay. So that was the the contract they signed. Um so that way they could be there just
1: for the duration of the build of right, the house. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that way they could be there all day 6 days a week minus Sunday cuz you know she let them go to church yes. and everything. Yeah. Um so it ended up being that every morning 40 workers would show up and they had a prayer. They would say, dear Lord, help us get Miss Jackie's house ready or whatever, something like that. I read somewhere walls. the exact prayer, but I thought it was really cute. Yeah. Um, and then Jackie would spend most of her days supervising the work.
1: Okay. So,
0: here, so we, we know Jackie wore like furs and designer clothing and all that sort of stuff when she was in Palm Beach, right? Yeah. In Vicksburg, she decided to keep it low key. And she now only wore, like, leggings, oversized sweaters, and suede ankle boots. So she wow. was...
1: this is a very modern-looking yeah, one. I, I, okay, once yeah. I
0: read that, I was like, so she's like every girl on campus. Then, yeah, Visco you know?
1: girl on a Saturday. <laughs> <you>? Yeah. <laughs> Visco girl on a Saturday.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh, I like that. Um, But, yeah, she just, like, completely changed her look because she wanted to feel more natural and yeah. not stick out in a crowd, I guess. Yeah. So she was just chilling. She okay. was just having a good time. Uh, apparently, not a lot of people knew that Jackie was a multimillionaire in
1: Vicksburg. Low-key, yeah. She,
0: I mean, she, obviously, she had money because yeah. of the building that she was doing and the fact that she paid for her new house in cash only. Yeah. Um, Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. But, like, you know, people didn't know that she had as much money as she did because yeah. she walked around town looking like this now she still had the jaguar oh good don't forget she had the jaguar
1: lovely cream
0: exactly um but she she for the most part stayed very like you said low-key sort of out of public light which is what she wanted yeah um so she would joke around with the contractors and say that she felt like she was in hiding because no one knew really who she was or where she came from and that sort of stuff um but she, for the most part, made friends with the workers because in the mornings she would wake up early, make them coffee. They would show up at around 730, I think, to start work. Um, she'd make them coffee. She joked around with them and she, like, would make them lunch and all that sort of stuff to yeah. help them keep working pretty much throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, she would walk around and make notes about the construction and say, like, we need to redo this or, you know, next time work on this a little bit more, all that sort of stuff. Um, like I said, she didn't know a lot of people in town, but she planned to throw a party when she was done with the house, as I stated before. Um, so this is when our story takes a bit of a turn.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: so Jackie, let's go over it again, was very nice. Uh-huh. She was tough. She, you know, liked things done the first time.
1: Uh-huh.
0: She didn't have a lot of enemies for the most part. Throughout her life. Besides maybe some disgruntled family members of former husbands or whatever.
1: Sure.
0: And this is where it gets kind of confusing because on November 18th, 1995, Jacqueline Levitz vanished from her home without a trace. I know I've said this before, but podcasting can be really hard. Trust me, it's a lot of fun, but it requires time, energy, and of course, money. Luckily, Podcorn is there to help me out. Guys, I am so happy to announce that Podcorn is the sponsor for this episode. If you haven't heard of Podcorn, that's okay. Podcorn is a new platform where podcasters can connect with sponsors and network with the marketplace. Podcorn actually reached out to me a few weeks ago and asked me to give their site a try, and I am genuinely so happy that I did. It's super user friendly, the setup is really cool, and on top of that you don't have to pay a dime. You get to still be in control of your podcast. That means you get to set your own rates and collaborate with brands exclusively, completely cutting out the middleman. In fact, Podcorn's motto is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. And in my experience, that is absolutely true. Not only that, but you can pick and choose the brands that you collaborate with, so it's not just a few selections. Right now, they have upwards of 50 brands listed on their site, with more being added every day. Guys, if you have a podcast or you're thinking about starting your own, do not miss out on this opportunity. Podcorn makes everything convenient when it comes to sponsorships. If you want to jump in and join me, as well as other podcasters, in the Podcorn experience, click on the link in the show notes and it will take you straight to their website. Sign up is easy and the benefits are overwhelmingly wonderful. Again, big thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. Now, I know y'all know that some of the cases we talk about on the show are brain-meltingly stressful to discuss. When I'm researching one of those cases, I sometimes like to take a break to relax and focus on something else. And the app I'm about to tell you about is my number one go-to. So hey listeners, have you heard about Best Fiends? Best Fiends is a mobile app that engages your brain and allows you to get lost in a world of cool characters and fun puzzles. If you're anything like me, you tend to shy away from the competitive nature of some games out there. That's why I love Best Fiends, because it's a casual game for casual gamers. Anyone can play, literally anyone. But what I enjoy especially is that it's geared towards adults. And right now, I'm proud to say that I'm on level 40. But trust me when I say that I'm on the game literally every day, whether it's waiting in line to get coffee, when I'm home, or even when I'm hanging out between classes. Best Fiends is truly a unique and exciting puzzle experience, unlike other puzzle games out there. Now by that I mean Best Fiends prides themselves as a service, and not just a game. That means that they update the app every month with even more characters, more levels, and even more events, just to keep the game fresh and welcoming to its players. More often than not, I usually stop playing a game because I get bored with it, but I'm very happy to say that is not the case with Best Fiends. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me. With over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. And we're back. Thanks again to the sponsors of this episode. Really appreciate it. Um... So, yes. November 18th, 1995, Jackie Levitz went missing. Vanished completely from her home in Vicksburg, Mississippi. So... um,
1: Her unfinished
0: home. Her unfinished home, yeah. So, the last person to see her, his name was James Burnett. And he owned a supply store. And uh, apparently his wife and daughter were with him that day, November 18th. Jackie came in at around 4... And she left it around 4.30. Um, she was looking at wallpaper samples at the time for her yeah, new house. Sure. So that was the last time that she was seen, period. Um, still missing to this day. Mm. FYI. So that weekend, um, her family, Jackie's family, tried to contact her. Um, it was weird for her because she would call somebody every day to check in with them. Because, you know, her being by herself in a new town, that makes sense. To, like, call in and be like, hey, family, this is what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. So, she made sure to call somebody every day. For two days, no one heard from Jackie. Yeah. So, Tiki, her sister, was like, hey, husband, um, could you go check on Jackie to see if she's okay? Because no one's heard from her. So, he did. So, tiki shivers husband mr shivers drove to what a name we love know. it um mr shivers drove to vicksburg and he and a neighbor of jackie uh got together and they were like let's go figure out what's going on yeah so they found her door her front door unlocked which was very much not like jackie yeah, it didn't, yeah. she liked to keep you know even though vicksburg is a nice neighborhood she liked or nice city she liked to keep her front door locked because why sure, wouldn't you want to? Yeah. Especially if you're a multimillionaire.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so this is very important to keep in mind as we, um, as we move forward into this case. Keep in mind this fact that absolutely nothing was taken from the house. Okay. Well,
1: there wasn't much there to begin with, right? Right. But none of
0: her furs, none of her expensive clothes, none of her jewelry was taken.
1: Yeah. So So she just poof. Yeah.
0: She was just missing. Um, Something that that they noted was that the TV was on. There was a little TV in her bedroom. Mm. It was on. There was a half full glass of water on the window seat, which, according to Jackie's family, would not happen because jackie was the kind of person where she when she finished like a dish she finished using it she'd put it straight in the sink because she thought it was trashy to leave just glasses around the house you know so they thought that was very weird um the most alarming thing was that there was blood in the bathroom and under jackie's overturned mattress oh so
1: yeah that yeah that's not good.
0: No. It becomes obvious very quickly that something has happened sure to Jackie. Um, further evidence of something happening was that she she would wear fake nails. you know yeah. Like a lot of people nowadays yeah. would wear fake nails. Yeah. Um, they found pieces of her fake nails that had been ripped off her fingernails in the ba- bedroom, which and ladies, you got you, you know this. Um, guys, it is very hard to remove fake nails. And these weren't stick-on. They weren't, like, stickers. They were glued on. Glued on. So, obviously, there was a big struggle. struggle. Yeah. So, the police were called um, to the scene. And as they started to investigate it, they realized that there was so much blood in the bedroom that after two days, you know, it was still wet. So, there was a lot of blood there. So... In their minds there's no way Jackie is alive um, so something they also noted was that there were no bed sheets on the bed. on the uh, bed they were missing along with of course Jackie um, <laughs> Jackie's makeup bag and okay. I believe her purse so those were the only things missing from the house um, her furs as I said were still in the closet she had ton of jewelry just laying out, and it was all untouched. So, I mean, it seemed like there was no robbery was not the motive here, because the thieves left everything pretty much. So, of course, police were baffled. Yeah. Um. They started searching the house and the surrounding area for any clues. Um, Some theories that they thought about were. You know, maybe she was kidnapped for ransom, but there was no ransom. Yeah. Theft, like I said, nothing had been taken. So that's when the FBI finally got involved. Okay. Um, They started doing a helicopter search. They did a river search, and they found one single clue, which was fresh tire tracks leading to the front door of Jackie's house. The tire tracks did not match the Jaguar, which also note was still in the driveway with the keys in the house yeah um one neighbor said that they had seen a dark car in front of Jackie's house at around 11 when they were outside Hmm. um they went inside and shortly after heard a car driving away Okay. to this day there has been no description of the car no like major description other than it being dark um So, no one really knows what the car... Well, obviously, we know what the car was doing there. They were probably loading Jackie's body onto it, unfortunately, is what the theory is. Um, But no one knows who owns the car, where it came from, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, very quickly, it became a murder investigation. But then, if it's murder, you're thinking, okay, why did they remove her body, though? Mm -hmm. Because normally with murders... Normally with murders, you know, because we all know about murders. (laughs) Um, Normally with murders, they leave the body there if that was the intended purpose of killing somebody. Just leave the body there, let it happen. So people are like, if it's a murder, then why is her body not there? Where is she? So that was really confusing to police. Um, They started to offer rewards about any information. And this is where this becomes the most famous case or one of the most famous cases in Mississippi history, the, the coverage for this was huge because you have a multimillionaire woman who completely disappeared off the face of the earth. All that's left are her fake nails and blood. What happened to her? So, of course, national news caught wind of this and it made headlines for weeks, for months. Everyone was wondering where Jackie is. Um, it was on 60 Minutes. It was on, you know... Uh, America's Most Wanted, all of those shows. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Um, Of course, that brought along psychics. And here's the thing about psychics. Well. They're not the most reliable, in my opinion.
1: Surely. Yeah.
0: Yep. Guess what the psychics said that they saw her? Guess where they saw her?
1: Where did the psychics see her?
0: They said that she would be found near a body of water.
1: Now, I don't know
0: if y'all know about Vicksburg, (laughs) but the whole place is near a body of water. Wow. The Mississippi River. That's very perceptive. Yes, very perceptive. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, the psychics made the claim that she would be found near a large body of water. Mm -hmm. And here, another note I want to say about the Mississippi River. They did search the Mississippi River. They did Mm -hmm. search her. They, They searched for her in it. Yeah. If she had been dumped into the river, like a lot of people think she had been, it would be nearly impossible to find her. Sure. Because they didn't start searching until two days after they assumed she disappeared.
1: Right. She could have been fish, food, and...
0: Exactly. Cold. And also, the current is really strong in the oh, river. absolutely. So also,
1: it's a, it's a big, big, big river. Exactly. And the biggest one on this continent. Yeah. So, yeah. So,
0: it would be nearly impossible to find Jackie in the mm-hmm. Mississippi River. Um... So here's some theories that they have about her death. Um, Supposedly, according to um, Mr. Burnett, who's the last person to see her, she was with a man in a pickup truck. Um, Burnett didn't know who this man was. Okay. Some people assume that he was possibly a love interest, but he has never been publicly identified or confirmed to be real so all they had was Burnett saying i think i saw her with a man in a pickup truck yeah and so you can't really i mean there's a lot of men with pickup trucks especially in vicksburg sure so you can't really look further into that unfortunately um some people think that maybe the construction crew was involved um each one of them were interviewed. They complied 100%. They wanted Jackie found, well, you know, as well, because they had become such friends with her.
1: Sure. Um, and they needed more money to finish that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um,
0: it was found that they didn't have a reason to dislike Jackie, except for two construction workers who had been fired by her. Mm. Um, both were drifters, which is yeah. first alarm bell. Yeah. Um. One of them had a theft conviction, okay. second alarm bell, um, yeah. um, but unfortunately no evidence connected the men to the crime yeah. scene, um, or at least no evidence released to the public. So both of them were cleared of suspicion.
1: Found no murder weapon or anything?
0: No, no, nothing Nothing in the house to indicate you know, what she had been killed with or anything like that, as far as we know. Now, I'll go ahead and say this. The police and fbi have not released all of the evidence found mm-hmm. at the house besides the stuff that i listed to you which is the blood the fake nails the tv being on you know like the water cup there's no other like evidence that we know of i will say though that they did conduct did conduct tests on the blood and it 100 all of it was jackie's Okay. so no other dna evidence as far as we know was found at the crime scene other than jackie's um so another sort of clue that police followed was that two young men broke in and entered jackie's home after the murder took place um like a few days after people were like okay jackie's missing at the time um one of them was high and the other was just along for the ride i think he was like 16 years old Okay. So they both were cleared from, they were questioned, of course, but they were cleared from having any sort of um, thing to do with the murder. Yeah. Some people assumed that it was a botched kidnapping, that people had broken into Jackie's house and tried to kidnap her. Things had gone wrong. Yeah. And they decided to get rid of as much evidence as they could that they had been there. Yeah. Now, here's where the case that we talked about last month comes in. Okay. So you might if you know about the story of Sante and Kenny Kimes, something might seem sort of familiar about this. Okay. Um so quick refresher, I think in 1998, Sante and Kenny Kimes, who were a mother-son duo, con artist duo, grifters, um pretty much kidnapped and killed an older woman in New York City in order to gain her money. Her name was Irene Silverman. So police started to think maybe they had something to do with it because it's very similar. If you think about it, mm, you know,
1: random old yeah.
0: woman, older woman, very rich, disappeared.
1: Alone, yeah, disappeared. Exactly.
0: So what do we think about maybe Sante and Kenny having an involvement? Because they were official suspects for a very long time.
1: Well, were did anything? Did anything that we know about ever put them close to?
0: they had been at the time of 1995 when um Jackie was Jackie vanished um they were traveling you know I think at this time they were moving or traveling to Cuba in order to get money from their um not Cuba the Bahamas sorry Mm. uh they were going there in order to take money from Sante her husband that had just died so they were traveling around the US at this point, sort of trying to get money somewhere.
1: Was there any other I'm just I'm just wondering like how they would have known about her moving to Vicksburg mm-hmm. and and how like, you know, did they did they bust up any other operations on their, you know, gallivant to um the Bahamas? So mm-hmm. I, I don't I mean I can see where that would be a lead. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm mm-hmm. really, you know, with it yet. And also, like, what did happen to her money? Did was any, did it vanish or? Uh,
0: no money was taken from her.
1: Okay, so like, you know, there was no tomfoolery with the with the bank afterward or anything. Nope. Okay, Mm-mm. did it all go to her son?
0: It all went into her estate. Um, so the thing about missing people especially missing rich people, is that un- you have to wait for five years for them to be, cl- be declared dead if there is no body. Mm. Um, until then, all of their money remains technically in their possession, okay. and then after five years, it's distributed out to whoever is mentioned in the will. Okay. At least to my understanding, I'm not a lawyer, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to my understanding, based on research, that's how... It works in this case okay that's how it works um but no um no tomfoolery with the money it went straight into her estate like i said and her sister tiki and her son became like the people in charge of the estate so they were very like tight gripped they didn't let anybody Mm. into the money which people thought maybe like that's why sante and kenny couldn't get any money because the the sister and son were very much
1: yeah i guess it it makes more sense if it is if it's a botched kidnapping Mm -hmm. then i think that makes a little more sense to it maybe being uh kenny and sante but Mm -hmm. i don't know it still seems like a little bit of a stretch to me. it does
0: and investigators sort of started to think that as well yeah um like I said, Sante and Kenny were very much suspects for a long time. I think it got to the point where they almost got tried for um, mm. the murder. But eventually investigators realized that they really had nothing to indicate that Sante and Kenny were there at the time. All that sort of stuff. But it's still a big theory to this day that yeah. Sante and Kenny had something to do with it. Because it's so... just
1: seems mighty out of the way. Like, somebody mm-hmm. would have had to tip them off. Like, hey, this, you know, millionaire's moving right right I, yeah i don't
0: know um i just thought it was interesting like looking into it how the two cases sort of are similar in a oh, way sure, you know sure plus like i think sante and jackie's upbringing also is very interesting because going from nothing to a lot of money you know of course jackie worked for it and sante worked a different uh, way yes, for it yes <laughs> <laughs> But I thought that was interesting the, the that they show up in this case, very much so. Yeah. Um, so another thing about, another theory is that, you know, Jackie might have faked her own death. Mm. Which is the weirdest theory to me. Because
1: if yeah. the blood
0: is still wet after two days.
1: Yeah, that's a I, lot of blood. It's a lot of
0: blood. And it was 100% hers. Um, hers. So that kind of makes me, and, and like.
1: Also, that would have just, from what, we, from what I've heard so far, that seems very out of left field. You yes. Know,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, this was asked to the Vicksburg head of police by a reporter, and he said that was the most out there, like, worst theory he had ever heard. Yeah. Involved with the case, which I have to agree. Yeah. That was pretty dumb. Um, so then, now let's talk about Tiki. And Tiki. Walter. Tiki and Walter. So as I said, Tiki and Walter uh, were appointed executors of mm. Jackie's estate. So they protected her assets one hundred percent. Cool. Um, they actually tried to get Jackie, like, uh, declare her dead before the five year period. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Uh. Mhm.
1: Which is a little bit fishy. A little bit. Um, And Tiki was the first responder, pretty much. Exactly. Tiki's husband. Mm. It
0: was also at this time when a psychic, another psychic, who said that she was friends with Jackie in Palm Beach came forward. And she said, I had a vision that Jackie was going to die in Vicksburg. I told her not to go. But I think I know who it is. And it's somebody involved with the family, Mm. which was new. It was something that no one had really considered before. Sure. And of course you know, Tiki and Walter immediately sued the psychic <laughs> for um false accusations. Which Goodness. seems a bit I mean, it's a psychic who's gonna take her very seriously. Right. Um so rumors because of the psychic, rumors started to go around. Um Walter was set to inherit millions. Sure. So people were like it must have been him. But he was in D.C., so he had an alibi. Yeah. However, hitmen are a thing.
1: Yes, they are. You
0: know? So people started to think maybe he hired somebody to take care of his mother.
1: Yeah. Um. Do we know anything about the prior relationship of...
0: I mean, to me, I think... I, I'm sure Jackie was very, you know... I feel like she'd be a good mother, but she seems like a tough enough person to not deal with any nonsense. Yeah. And I feel like growing up in that situation, that might be a little bit hard to handle. But at the same time, you know, we don't know for sure what their how their relationship was. OK. Um, so this is what really stuck out to me. Um, it's very, very interesting. Um, Tiki and her brother or Tiki and Walter sued two of Jackie's brothers um, because they had found a note that they had signed with Jackie. Jackie had lent her brothers um, a lot of money to help them buy a land in Arkansas and she said as long as they paid her back in full over the course of a few years um, that'd be fine. So they tried to sue her brother's Tiki's brothers as well as Jackie's and you know Walter's uncles y'all following me we got we got the thing going (laughs) we understand Um, they tried to sue them for all of the money in full at that moment in I think 1996 I want to say
1: okay so
0: that seems to me a little bit weird that they tried to as soon as Jackie's dead they try to sue family members for money that they owed Jackie yeah which is a little bit fishy
1: well, it's just it's just sort of like sort of anal mm-hmm. like yeah, anyway. But yeah. continue.
0: Um, so it ended up being that the case was thrown out because Jackie had apparently a few months later told the brothers, "I'm forgiving your debt. You don't owe me anything. Um, as long as you make this place a place where we can like as a family we all can go and see it and be with each other, sure. then you don't owe me anything." Sure. This was spoken, but. Um, Jackie's sister Pat was there to witness it, so she was she was a uh, a good witness. She was a legit witness to this exchange, so the lawsuit was thrown out, and Tiki and Walter didn't get any money from the brothers.
1: Hmm. So and Tiki and Walter in cahoots. Perhaps. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very very interesting. Um, so that's pretty much all that sort of came from the case in regards to theories now the case is still technically opened jackie was declared dead i want to say in 2001
1: okay officially tiki still around
0: tiki is Mm. walter is um the case is still officially opened uh now there is police have claimed there is dna evidence on some of the on a few things found in the house not a lot that they could have you know Looked into at the time because DNA evidence was, was not yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. But now that it's sort of evolved and become better and more useful, they've said that they're sort of looking into the possibility of maybe looking at some of the DNA around the house. Now, of course, that's going to be hard because construction workers have been coming in and out, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it is something that they're looking into.
1: So is it still like a closed off crime scene? Like? No. Uh, okay.
0: I mean, once they collected so they as much as now? they could. Ooh, I don't know.
1: Huh.
0: If you live in Vicksburg at the old house where Jackie Levitz uh, went missing, let me know. That'd be an yeah. interesting interview.
1: Yeah, yeah truly.
0: Um, so the family still believes that someone has to know something. And this is where I want y'all all to pay close attention. Um, whether you live in Mississippi or you don't, you know, it, it. you can help someone who hasn't lost, literally lost a family member. Um. Mm. So the family still believes that somebody somewhere knows something Mm. and they just need somebody to be brave and come forward. Mm. So this is me asking our listeners, um, if you have literally any information pertaining to this case where you think you can help figure out what happened to Jacqueline Levitz. um, I encourage you to call the FBI field office in Mississippi. Mm. So that number is 601 948 Five thousand. so again that's six zero one nine four eight five thousand literally if you have any information you know yeah. they're still looking into every single tip they get to this day so definitely definitely um, head that direction cool. um, but anyway that's the story of Jacqueline Levitz the woman who vanished wow what do we think any thoughts
1: I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't know how often this type of thing happens. I'm guessing not a lot. Not a lot but, in
0: Mississippi, at least. Yeah,
1: um, Vicksburg. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, what a life. I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems pretty fishy for Tiki and and, and Walter, but also like, what would have put them in cahoots? You know. I agree. I don't know. That's, I know Walter
0: was gonna get money, but I don't know if Tiki was in line to get anything.
1: Maybe they somehow made a deal. Maybe, but but we don't know enough about like did because it's because I don't know from everything I've heard, it seems like Tiki and and Jackie were close, and that you know yeah that's that was true. Going to be good.
0: So. I will, like I said before, there it's it was really hard to find information on this case because yeah. surprisingly, there's not a lot, and a lot of links led me to a lot of. 404 cannot find pages unfortunately <laughs> but um, it's something that I think I don't know the fact that it hits so close to home literally and then also like yes. all these weird date Dates. connections mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting and I, I wanted to talk about it Yeah. Um, so yeah cool. thank you guys so much for listening thank you Lawson for joining us on this adventure absolutely
1: it was a pleasure
0: I'm glad you had fun. Okay. So, um before we leave, I want to encourage you guys to check out the official Hey, have you heard about Twitter? Um I go there as much as I can and I post, you know, clues about the upcoming episodes, updates, all that sort of stuff. So, if you liked what you heard, definitely go follow the Twitter at hhyha podcast. We have a good time over there. Um Also, if you like what you heard, like I said, please leave a review. They really do help out, that'd be great. Um, I read every single one and yeah, it's just really cool. Don't forget about our merch store. We have some really cool merch. We're gonna be updating them um, as we move into the new year. All proceeds from the merch store go straight to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They do great work over there. I wanna support them as much as we can. Um, So yeah, check out some merch and we have the patreon so if you like what you heard like i said this is the third time i'm saying it um definitely check out the patreon support the podcast there um you know that would be great so also huge thank you to our sponsors for this episode podcorn and best fiends definitely uh click on the links in the show notes and it'll take you straight to them um They're really cool. They want to support podcasts and all that sort of stuff. So I encourage you to definitely check them out. All right. I think that's everything. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you the next episode. Goodbye.
1: Happy New Year. Happy New Year.